All right, uh, two dots on the bottom of Nun Ches and Aleph. Lach Let's let's go back. Uh, we had a Mishnah. I'll, I'll just go back for a little bit on that got us into this whole sugya. Yeah? Nun Zayin Amud and we had said um, over there. Uh, I'll read it inside that. Whatever the secret is, there was some sort of time, uh, where a few different stages in Jewish history. There were some times when Goyim would force land away from Jews under the threat of death. And there were other times we just had tough Goyim. So we had said that if you purchased from a secret Goyim, and the Chazor Lachem is Mechoi Batal, the secret Goyim who would assume would probably kill the Jew otherwise, um, if you don't get permission from the previous Jewish owner or the rightful Jewish owner, before you get from the secret coin, he's terrified that he's going to prevent the sale, and therefore it's not considered a good sale. It's not your land. If, however, you got you you bought whatever rights you had to from the balabayis, and then you got from the secret coin, that would be fine. Um, the lashon that had been used in the mishnah, if you first purchased from the secret coin, and then said Jew, uh, previous owner, do you agree with this? He says, yeah, yeah. Um, Mekhay Batal. And Rashi says over there because the concern is he's terrified. The Jew is terrified that he's not going to agree to it and the Sikrikon is going to come back and, and get him. Which Rashi says, Miyira Avad. Or you can say, Asheni Noyachli Rishakashani Menu. I prefer that you have it so that when I take somebody to court, I'm taking you to court and not the tough guy guy. All right. In any event, Lachmina Sikrikon. Amar Rav. Um, Rav and Shmuel can have a machlok. Here, underline Rav and Shmuel's in the middle of the bottom line. I underlined him. Rav says loy shanu that the mekach is bata. When the Mishnah said that the whatever purchase the Jew made from the secret coin is off, elad amar loy. It's only if he said to him the uh, rightful original Jewish owner lechazeku kani. He didn't actually take money from him. He just said, okay, fine, you go get it. Aval Bishtar, if he wrote out a document transferring the ownership to this new person, Kana, that would work. Whereas Shmuel, who I underline Amar, Af Bishtar Nami Loi Kana. It's not enough either. If it's just in a star, you need to have the full-fledged Kenyan totally, which means means Not just a star, I'm here by selling you the land, but I'm here by selling the land, I'm taking any responsibility should anything happen to the land. Tanya Kavase de Shmuel, the Gemara brings a Brisa, which is a support to Shmuel. It goes for um, about three and a half lines. Roshim and Elazar Oimer. Isha. This was the other case we brought. When you have a husband and a wife, and the wife brought certain properties into the husband, you have a similar type of relationship where the wife is terrified not to do what the husband says. So if you purchased the rights to it, or whatever you paid for it, from the woman first, and then the same field. You got whatever rights from the man, then mechlechayim. However, minha'ish, if you got it first from the husband, minha'ish, and then you told the lady, hey, listen, I bought all the rights from your husband, you have to sell me whatever rights you have to it, mechlechayim, until what would be written out, not just a star, but a star with achrayis. And that would be a support for Shmuel, that's not just a star to be written out, it has to be with achrayis. Okay, a support for Shmuel, should we say, asks the Gemara, Neima Tavi Tiyuvta to Rav? Well, Rav, who is Shmuel's Barplukta, should we say this refutes Rav? Well, it might be a support for Shmuel, but it's not strong enough to be a refutation of Rav. Why? Amalach Rav, Rav could explain to you that although it's not necessarily the common usage of the term, when we said in this Brisa, Achrayis, my one word in right angles, Achrayis, Nami, Shtar. In other words, Achrayis normally means 
the line in the document which says, I hereby take all responsibility. On a secondary level, Akrais could mean, no, just something that proves that it's yours. As opposed to, let's say, money, I gave you money, who says, I don't know, a document documents a level of Akrais, and therefore it means shtar. Okay, it's not the Akrais Nechassim, it's just some sort of proof for the future. And that would be a support to, to it would not be a, a refutation of Rav. Period. Tanra Banan, the word means a brisa, goes for about two and a half lines. When the Mishnah said, if you, like, you give the Bailim a revia, a fourth. Okay, so whatever price you paid, you clearly got a discounted rate because when you buy the Rolex in some dark alley in New York City from the guy from the inside of his lapel, you're probably getting it for a cheaper price. Even the Sikrikon would sell it for a lesser uh, price. How much less? A fourth. So you go to the rightful owner and you pay him the fourth. Tanra Banan. Let's say uh, this Jew purchased this land from the uh, Gentile tough guy and he used it for three years in the presence of the original Jewish owner. And then he, this new Jewish owner, after three years, let's say in year four, sells it to yet another Jew. So the Bailim uh, have no uh, claims that can be made on the Lekeach Sheni. Okay, we need a little bit of background here. So the Gemara says, Hey, dummy, what's this scenario? If um, the Loikeach Sheni, he's claiming, So the Loikeach is saying to the original owner, Minach Zavna, I purchased it from you. Well, afilu rishaynami. If that's a claim that the second new Jewish owner should be able to make, then the first new Jewish owner would be able to make that claim just as likely. But yet the brisa taught itself in the context of a second Jewish owner. E I squiggle and line this e delo katayin va'amar minach zafna. Well, if that's not the claim that's being made, afilu sheni nami loy. Then the sheni should not have rights to it. So, what is the claim that's being put forth here? Amar of sheishes la oilam delo katayin. Lay. There is no claim being put forth. Really? Yet, and the responsibility of the Jewish courts is at times to take a party, specifically like orphans or people who inherit or uh, purchasers who might not have known their rights, and to make the claim for them. Ukagoyin Zed is an example of toanin leyoresh v'toyanin lelekech. In other words, the rabbis will intervene on their behalf. Uh, there's a great Rashi here. Let's just see the Rashi. It's uh, across from here, up about five, six lines. If you have somebody who purchased from a Sikrikoin, a Jew, and that Jew died and bequeathed it to their sons. Now the sons, they have no idea that the history of this, and they use it for three years. Sold it to somebody else for and they use it for three years. And then the original owners come to try to seize it away. Those current owners, they have no idea of the history of it. They don't have the ability to make the claim. Oh no, the first one purchased it from you. Based in that's where the basin will step in and for parties that wouldn't have the ability to defend themselves because they wouldn't have known this, basin will make the claim for them. However, the Lekeach Rishon, who's Lekeach Rishon? He's the one who purchased it originally. He has to have his own 
financial matters clear and make that claim himself, and if he doesn't, we won't make it for him. If he makes the claim in, yes, and if not, no, we will not step in. Basic rule of thumb, there's numerous cases where when the party who's about to have something seized away from them wouldn't have the ability to know how to make the claim, Basin will step in and make a claim for them. Bryce goes for about two and a half lines and starts here. This is a little bit um, different. Let's say you have a guy and he has uh, money that's owed to him uh, by the Jew or because of Anpiris. You know what Anpiris is? Hi, Jew. I'm a guy. I have big muscles. I can pound you into the cement. I am taking X, Y, or Z. So one of them is maybe a little bit more rightful than the other, but either one, the guy is coming to take the land. Now, this is similar to Sikrikai, where you had a guy who comes and says, Jew, I have a gun here. I'll kill you unless you give me this land. It's one step lower than that. I'll pound you into the cement, or I'm, I'm going to uh, just take it away because you owe me money. Ain boy Sikrikai. So in this case, it doesn't have, we don't have the din of Secret coin. The din of secret coin was that when some other party purchases it, they have to go back to the original Jewish owner and pay part of the amount that uh, they paid because they got a discount when buying from a secret coin. Comma. Now, the second part of this price seems a little bit disconnected to the first part. In the case of Anpiris, where it was kind of stolen away, um, it would have to remain in the possession of the new purchaser for 12 months, which seems to imply if after 12 months, then any person can come and purchase it, not just the owner who had it seized away from him. The problem is, the Gemara points out right away, this is now the Gemara, Vaha Amris, the first line of the Brysa said, Ein bamishum sikrikoin. Sikrikoin is something that we um, tell a new purchaser you don't have the rights to it. The ratio said, this doesn't have the sikrikoin. And then it comes and tells us the dinasikri coin. So the Gemara explains, Hachi Ka'amar, that this is what we mean to say. Now, actually, the Gears of Rashi seems to be a little bit more clear. If you look at uh, underneath the Gemara, not the first line, the second line, Dibra Maskil, Hachi Ka'amar, I think Rashi actually had this as the Girsa, that the way the Seifa of this Brightser should read is not on Pyrus, Sri Chashitisha, rather, on Pyrus, Ain boy, I double underline the ain boy in the Dibur Maskel of Rashi. Ain boy, Mishum Sikrikain. Now, the flip side of that is to continue and say Sikrikain Asma And going back to the case of Sikrikain, you would have to have it there for 12 months for the din to apply. If you look at the Rashi inside, the Rashi on the, that second wide line, Hachikamar, on Pyrus, doesn't have Sikrikain. To Ilumi Sikrikain, if it was actually a uh, guy who had forced it away and could kill the Jew. We saw the din in the Mishnah. The one who paid for it, he keeps it, and he has to pay one-fourth to the original Jewish owner, because we assume the original Jewish owner got three-fourths. Aval on Pires? That's not our case. On Pires is different. Below Dami Hadra Ula No money has to be paid, and has to be given back, and Always now a secret coin itself. That's where we had said that it has to wait twelve months. We're basically changing the last uh, line in the brisa to be saying the opposite of what it was saying. Amrav Yosef, Naktinan, 
We have a tradition. We don't live in Israel anymore. We live in Bavel. Ain Ampyrus Bavel. There's no Ampyrus, which sounds like what we say Ampyrus was uh, forcing land one person away from the other. So the Gemara asks, well, uh, we see that there's plenty of Ampyrus going on over here. There's lots of cases of land being forced from one part to the other. Ella Ema, rather, what he meant to say is, Ain Din Ampyrus Bavel. We don't have the Din of Amparis and Bavel. In other words, a person who buys land from someone who might have seized away from them, he keeps it. It doesn't, doesn't apply. My time, why? Because since in Bavel, Kevindika Bay Davar, since there are at least a reasonable working court system, and the person didn't go file a complaint in the court system, it must be that he was Michalit. As opposed to the Mishra was talking about in the times of, of uh, the, the Roman. Um, in the Jews in uh, Israel and the, the, the Roman occupation, uh, it seems like the court system was uh, weighed too heavily against uh, the Jews. Period. Gidl Baro Eloi, underline his name, uh, Kabil Ara, he had received land, Betaska Mibene Baga. There was, um, let's say, a large area. Ramat Beit Shemesh area. There were a whole bunch of fields. And the uh, Goyim, who would be uh, the overall landlords, would need a tax paid. They wouldn't go to each individual. They would go to a region, and they would say, from this region, we want this much tax paid. The tax would be paid in cash. The tax would be paid in land. But we're not going to go to everyone. So Gidl Bariloi, he had... Kabil Ara, he received land on behalf of all of these uh, 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 different uh, field owners. Betaska for the tax baga. Aktim zuzi ditlas shanim. He, for whatever reason, uh, prepaid um, the tax for three years. This was a yearly tax. Imagine uh, you get your Anona bill at the beginning of the year and you send into your Yapet Shemesh for. Uh, 2023, 2024, and 2025. Or you have a field. Gidl Bar-Eloi had taken over a field that somebody had left. He's able to use it. What does he have to do? Pay the land tax. He prepaid for three years. Okay. What happened? Lesaif asamarvasa kamoi. At the end of year one, Gidl was, con- he was he was absolutely convinced that the owners weren't coming back. They came back after one year. Amrulay. Now, what's Gittel going to say? Okay, he has to give them back the land. But, he says, well, I prepaid your taxes for year two and year three. Amru lay, the original owner says to him, Shasa kamaisa diyavis achlis. Listen, the first year that you paid the taxes for, you got the benefit of the field. That's fine. Hashta, as far as we're concerned, anan yavinan, anachlinan. We'll pay the tax for year two, we'll pay the tax for year three, and it's our stuff. Um, now, this guy says, well, one second. I would like a refund because I prepaid taxes for year two and three. Also, the comment, the case came before Rav Papa. So Rav Papa had figured or uh, thought to write out a star tirfas, a, a document which allows collection from the other members of the Bika. Because the other members of the Bika got some sort of benefit from this because the prepayments, they even paid more. They had to pay less in their year. If I'm going to, if, if we're, if your whole building is going to pay Arnona together and um, Iriat Beit Shemesh only wants a lump sum and you prepay this year and next year and the year after, you know how much everyone else has to pay? Less! 
So that's what a puppet figure to do, to give this guy an ability to collect from the other people in the, who had fields. Amarlei, I underline Rafuna Bar of Yoshua says to uh, Rapapa, Im you're basically making it so that this Gittel Bar Eloy, who might be a nice guy, but you're giving him everything that he paid for. He prepaid three years of taxes. First year he got the field. The second, third year you're giving him a full refund. But that's a Sikrikoin sort of thing where he gets everything back. And, and why should he get everything back? He, he didn't take something that was even rightfully his. Like he didn't have to prepay. Ela Amar of Yeshua, he al Karen Hatsvi. By the way, I have a recommend if you open up a uh, hedge fund, not to call it Karen Hatsvi. Um, not, not a good thing. <laughs> but it seems like he uh, put his money on the horns of a deer. It basically lost his money. Lesson don't prepay if you don't have to prepay. Mishrishoina was like that. The second mission was that the Sikrikoin, we assume, paid the rightful owner a percentage. We'll call it um, three-fourths. So when the Jew buys it and he's going to get a discount, he pays the one-fourth difference to the original owner. How do you figure one-fourth? Let's say I purchased it for a hundred. Is it one-fourth, like we would say... Uh, one fourth after you add how much you pay, so is it 133? And I would pay 33 to the original rightful owner because then we take 133, 33 is one fourth of that, or it was 100 and I would pay him 25 because I'm paying 20. So where is it? Is it Milabar or Milagav? Amar Rav, I circled Rav, and we're going to have Shmuel at the beginning of the next line, I circled him. He says the Revia that we're talking about here, that the new owner has to pay the original Jewish owner. Bikarka o Revia Bimos. So it's basically going to be uh, what, what we would call one fifth. So if the total amount was 100, he would pay 20. Or if he had paid uh, 40, let's say, uh, to the secret coin, he would pay 10 to the rightful Jewish owner. Ushmul, who I circled, Amar, Revia Bikarka, Shane Shlish Bimois. Oh no. That uh, he had to pay, let's say, 1200. If he had paid. 100 to Sigrikon, he would have to pay 33. So if he paid 100, according to Rav, he would pay the original Jewish owner 25. That ends up being one-fourth or one-fifth of the total. And according to Shmuel, he has to pay, if he paid 100 to the Sigrikon, he has to pay 33, which would be 133, which would be one-third or one-fourth, uh, depending how you look at it. But my Kamifligi, What's the machlokus between Rav and Shmuel based on the essential point? Marsav ar nechi riva zoven, marsav nechi chaim zoven. When it was sold to him, what discount did he get? Did he get a 33% discount or did he get a 25% discount? And essentially has to make up the difference. Meisve. We have a Tanaic source, uh, about four and a half lines. It's going to be a question on Shmuel. Says the Brisa, Zu missionary shayna, kama. Beishin shacharein, Amro later court said, he has to pay a fourth. We're not clear what this fourth is, but he pays a fourth to the original owner. And the original owner has the upper hand. He can take land. If he wants to take a portion of the land back, he can. If he wants to take the cash equivalent, he can. How does he have the upper hand? It was forced away from him. All those guys purchased it. Yeah, but he didn't want to sell it. So he has the upper hand when he can get this compensation. He's entitled to the compensation. He, get, he doesn't get all the land back, but he gets either the cash equivalent because when the other person bought it, he got a discount. 
So if, if you got a hundred bucks worth of land for seventy five and it's really forced away from some other Jew, that other Jew can come and he can say, "Listen, you either give me twenty five dollars cash or you give me a third of the land." We're not giving the full upper hand, but the upper hand to get to decide on which one. But when is that? That is only bizman shein likach. That's if the original owner doesn't have the ability to buy it back. Aval yesh biyadon likach hein koyin milachol adam. Listen, every Jew wants a deal. Every person wants a deal, but Jew really likes a good deal. You got a good deal, but you got it at someone else's expense. And therefore, you're going to have to compensate that person if he comes, whether he wants cash equivalent or whether he wants part of the land. He's not talking about if you buy a dira so he gets like a bedroom and half a bathroom. That, that's that's going to be different. But we're a field that can be easily split or um, proportioned. Rebbe, how should based in the Nimnu Shim Shasab if If it stayed in the possession of Sikrikin, for 12 months, Kolakhaidim Likach Zacha. Anyone who wants to get it after that point, it's his. Aval Nois and the Bailim, he'd still have to pay the Bailim. A Revia Bekarka, either one fourth of the land or. Revia b'ma'ois. I don't understand Revia b'ma'ois because that's the whole reason we brought this in. This would be a question on Shmuel, who seemed to say that it would be a fifth, not a fourth. This seems to be going much more like Rav. And with Ravashi's answer, we'll conclude today's shir. Amar Ravashi, Kitanya hahi. The Brisa, Gemara does this often. I, I guess it were just two ways reasonable to looking at it. What is a revia? So a revia can be, if you paid 100 for it, what would be one-fourth of that? 25. Or you can look at it like this. You paid 100 for it. You're going to compensate me, the original owner. You're going to give me $33.33. After you add up the total amount that you paid, which was 100 to the secret coin and the $33 to me, that $33 is one-fourth of the total of 133. So you can look at it from either way, and that's why this would not be a question on Shmuel. All right, Hadkan.